0: We are here tonight to recap the 1995 classic and 1305 favorite heavyweights, available on Disney Plus and wherever you stream. Episode four, do it to it, Lars. Well, how do you feel about it, Chris? I sort of alluded to it in, in the opening here. Thir- 1305 is the address of my beach house in Point Pleasant with a number of good buddies of ours, and... We, there was a summer we, we rented this movie from our cable <laughs> provider down there every other weekend, two out of every three weekends. There had to be a summer we spent like a hundred bucks renting this movie on a Friday night. If it was like just a slower pace Friday night or a, or a rainy Saturday night, there were weekends we probably rented it back to back nights. As a number of these movies do, it holds a special place in my heart. And, uh, and today's rewatch did really nothing to dissuade me from, uh, from that notion.
1: I agree with that. And I also, I'm surprised that that was why you love this movie. And that's why you suggested this movie. I just remember seeing it as a fat kid who was that age in that year. And that's my personal attachment to it. But I haven't seen it since I was a kid.
0: And that makes perfect sense. I didn't become fat until later in life. (laughs) <laughs> so I was a very skinny kid growing up and just uh, I chose to embrace weight as I got older. So I I I well I enjoyed the movie as a kid. I didn't relate on uh, on that level, but um yeah, it's it's so 1995 we were 10 11 years old. The kids in this movie are 11 12 13 yeah. years old. Sweet spot. Uh, so it really, it really fits our specific generation as far as like a uh, being able to relate to the characters at the, at that time. It's it's it, it's a really nice fit.
1: It really is. And I I was with this movie for about eighty five percent of it. Okay. And then it lost me. I don't want to get too far ahead, but from top to bottom, well, not totally the bottom, but almost the bottom. This movie knows exactly what it is. And I think that Ben Stiller is the only thing that keeps this movie from being, like,
0: a razzing movie. Oh, I mean, Ben Stiller is unbelievable in this movie. Yeah. Uh, It's really, I was looking through his IMDb. It's really his first, like, starring role, you know, like, a a motion picture. at, At least one that, like, we've known and seen. But, like, in 95, it's before, like, really any of his big stuff. We don't get something about Marriott till '98. We don't get Cable Guy with him till '96. He has a yeah. a very uh, a scene-stealing role in Happy Gilmore '96. But this is really the first movie that like he had to carry, and he carries the hell out of it.
1: He does, and I think my LVP has a lot to do with him being. I mean, let's just not fuck around. My MVP is Ben Stiller. It's oh, we're just not jumping, even. We're it, just it,
0: jumping. To, we're just jumping way ahead to the.
1: Oh, we are White jumping way ahead, but I mean, come on. I will. We will reiterate this later on, but this is Mariano Rivera first ballot Hall of Fame.
0: It's his movie through and through. I, I will submit other nominees as we yes. uh, as we get there. But uh, I guess let's let's start with some facts as we uh, as we tend to do here. Heavyweights, a Rotten Tomato score of twenty nine percent. Bullshit. An audience score of seventy seven percent. So once again, the audience has a much better idea what this movie is than than the critics a lot of that is sample size i think there's only seven critics who chose to review this movie for rotten tomatoes uh, there's only
1: two clickable reviews in this like if you go on imd uh, sorry rotten tomatoes there are seven reviews total and only two of them you could actually read. One of them is a 6 out of 10. The other one is a B. So it doesn't really paint the picture of all yeah. the critics who it. I think this actually might be a skewed thing. I think if more critics were available or online, or the reviews are online, I think this might have a higher score.
0: I do too. I do too. But as as such, it sits at 29%. It plays to our favor because we got to watch this movie again today. Yep. So who cares? Released in February of 95 An opening box office of $6 million. A total box office of $17.6 million. No worldwide gross. Just a domestic release. (laughs) It's our first movie that was not number one at the time of release. It was number three. Number one, the Brady Bunch movie. Really? Marsha, 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 man. Really? Yeah.
1: Other box office
0: notables that week. Billy Madison in its second week. uh, And then uh, Dumb and Dumber in its 10th week. And then in sort of a award season push in mid-February, Forrest Gump in week 33 and Pulp Fiction in week 19. So two kind of historical comedies for us and our generation and two just historically great movies in general out in the box office that week. Great, great time to see movies, February of 95.
1: Well, I think that's bad distribution by Disney because I feel like if I'm a fat kid and I'm 11, which I was at that you were both time. both of those things, yep. Both of those things at that time, when I'm in summer, I want to see a summer movie about fat kids. When I'm in February, I feel like it's not on my radar.
0: I agree with you completely. It's why we're we're doing this movie in the summertime because to us, it's a summer movie. Releasing yeah. it in February doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's a July release. It's a or like right when school like right when school lets out. It's got to be like the weekend after. Maybe maybe they didn't want to overlap with kids being at camp. But like I feel like it's a, it would have been a home run in the summertime.
1: Absolutely, and the old Walt Disney intro gave me chills. Yeah. So okay, so we're 0 for four on movies that I don't have to pay for. I've had to oh, pay for every. Sing- no, I don't. So I had to pay for every single movie that we've done. So mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't have Disney Plus, so I didn't realize that it was like going to be the old. You know, I don't even know what the sound is, but I got. I, I got. I got all nostalgic. All nostalgic there.
0: That 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 opening is is instant nostalgia for every Disney movie we, we watched growing up. This is one of the first movies I looked for when Disney Plus came out <laughs> and like actually like posted on Instagram, like, yes, it's here, like free heavyweights for all again, because we paid in excess of a hundred dollars over a summer to, uh, to rent this movie. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's nice to at least, you know, get it comped for, uh, for the rest of all time for me. Well, uh, see,
1: I know those, I know that group of guys and they don't strike me as a bunch of like former fat kids.
0: Uh, some are former, some are current, um, <laughs> some are both. They don't, so, they don't yeah. appear as card carrying members of the
1: former fat kid club like myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> at least, uh, at least on the inside, maybe the, the lovers of food and food and film and are, uh, you know, fat kids at heart.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like I have so many, I, I, I wrote more notes for this movie than I did for man on fire, which was a like two and a half hour drama.
0: Yeah. This, this is like an hour 40, man. uh, pretty light movie but yeah i have a lot of notes as well me too just a couple a couple other facts to throw out there before we get into some categories besides ben stiller it stores three members of the mighty ducks yeah keenan sean weiss who played goldberg uh and aaron schwartz who's kind of the the lead here jerry Oof. was carp in in the mighty ducks so we've, we've got we've got three ducks flying flying back together here and that's kind of one of the first things that jumped out at me really good cameo list
1: yeah oh Both there's one those parents yes
0: as as the original owners of of Camp Hope, Jeffrey Tambor as mm-hmm. Jerry's dad, phenomenal, uh, really great, and a uh, and a really really quick scene. Peter Berg, oh, acclaimed uh, director so and okay. actor, as just like uh, 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 the the cafeteria chef, just. <laughs> Uh slinging food
1: i had to because i'm like who the fuck is that i know that actor i know that guy and oh man and he has a great line he's like yeah he's dead yep
0: (laughs) during that like telephone scene of like what what happened to uh (laughs) i I just want to keep calling him goldberg i i I don't remember what his name is Uh, in the movie he's just always goldberg to me
1: He's always Goldberg to me, and sadly, yeah,
0: he's full um, of some tough times.
1: He has. Um, I haven't, I, so I didn't know that this was an Apatow movie until I heard Apatow on a podcast a few weeks ago, and that kind of changed my hype for it. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was excited because I remember this movie. I'm like, yeah, it'd be cool and nostalgic, but I'm like, oh shit, now I get to see an Apatow movie when Apatow was before Freaks and Geeks, when he was getting his, you know, feet wet,
0: making and his the- bones.
1: Yeah. And then I see in the credits that Keenan Thompson is in it. And I wrote Keenan in my notes, and then I wrote about 145 exclamation points because you and I love Keenan Thompson.
0: We, we love Keenan. His first scene in this movie is fantastic when he approaches yeah. Jerry on the plane. And immediately
1: yeah. awesome. I have a big recasting. I think Keenan should have, either Keenan or um, Goldberg should have been the leads in this movie. I feel like what kind of kills this movie a little bit is I don't know who the lead kid is. Like I we we see we meet him and his family in the beginning and it is established that he is the lead kid. But once he's dropped into the camp, I don't he doesn't feel like the lead to me at any point in the movie after that.
0: Yeah, not 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 as much as because I guess we kind of know where the careers go from there. So like we're we're drawn towards Keenan now having been on television for the past twenty five years for us. I'm just now quickly looking at Apatow's imdb this is his first feature film writing credit yeah some tv movies a lot of tv writing credits prior to this but this is his first feature film credit which is kind of crazy and it's his first entrance into our list here i don't know if any others will make it but uh it's kind of fun to have one of his on here
1: i got really nostalgic for keenan in the sense that i remember him when i was a kid and i remember when he got cast on snl and people didn't really give him the respect because he was a nickelodeon kid mm-hmm. and now we're so far removed from that he's been on the snl for 15 years
0: yeah that
1: like i got back I, I was back in that time machine of like oh shit like keenan was my hero back then he was just Un- this, unbelievable this really charismatic kid with this incredible timing yes i have a couple of keenan moments later on in the in the, in the redeemable scenes
0: Charismatic's really the right word for him like when yeah. he's fir- like i said when he first approaches jerry on the plane like yeah you you want to hang out with that kid you're like oh this kid's this kid's got a wired like oh let's 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 hang out with him. We're going to camp with him. Things will be okay.
1: Yeah, I, that's why I think he should have been the lead of this film.
0: Yeah, I'm, really, I'm with that
1: because he would have he would have carried it in a way that would have elevated it. It would have been it, it would have been Keenan versus Ben still. And then in, yeah. in hindsight, in you know 25 years heavy, later, would
0: be oh god, I just really oh <laughs> oh that was not even on, that was not even on purpose. But boy, did that did oh. that, like, guess work? I kind of cringed at myself. Most <laughs> cringeworthy, me, you. <laughs> uh, no. Oh,
1: oh my my hairs on my arm are, are standing up.
0: Oh boy. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's kinda it for the for the facts here. I got, uh, I got a
1: couple of other things that I just wanted to point out. So around this time, I was at like a half-assed Staten Island summer camp. I know you you spent your summers swimming. I did. I, as we've learned in an earlier show, spent my summers rolling on ecstasy in nightclubs <laughs> when I was a child. No, sort of. But... Um, <laughs> But I went to this like shitty summer camp on Staten Island when I was around this age. I was like 10 or 11. And my only memory was seeing Harriet the Spy, which was another sort of pseudo Nickelodeon world mm-hmm. movie. And we had a camp counselor that I had a crush on. And I still remember her name. Her name was Barony. And she what? Barony.
0: That's that's a person's name?
1: Barony. Yeah, it, it B-A-R-A-N-I-E. I remember her name tag. All right, and we I'm all had a she hu- made that up. no. We all had a huge crush on her. And when I, I got nostalgic watching Leah Lale, the actress in this movie who plays the camp counselor, her last acting credit is 2006. I found myself warped back into that thing of the the older girl camp counselor, which doesn't really get explored. Like you would think that all the kids would have a crush on her.
0: Yeah, but um, but really, the main main counselor does. Yeah, no real, it's a good parallel for the kids and the, their awkwardness and as they grow up. But yeah, no, no real kid crushing on it, as uh, was more common, I guess, for, uh, for kids of our age.
1: Yeah. And one more thing, Jerry Stiller, I feel like I don't know him not looking like that. I, I don't know what he looks like outside of the way he is in this movie. Like, I feel like he came out of the womb as Mr. Costanza. and that's just how he was until he passed away recently (laughs) other
0: other i guess quick notes i have written down it's our second straight appearance for alan Colvert. yep and a movie directed by steven brill yep back back to back for both those fellas so uh i don't know whether they'll be proud of that or not once they inevitably listen to this podcast but welcome (laughs) to our first uh our first two first on the list fellas it's a little weird seeing super jacked ben stiller like when they're doing that twenty mile hike, his yeah. arms and shoulders are huge.
1: Ben Stiller has always sneakily been in amazing shape.
0: Yeah, but this is like jacked. Well, because the crazy. movie that really
1: made him a star was something about Mary, where he plays like a weak, uh, not yeah, weak, like a, a meek, nerdy kind of nerdy kind of dude. So yeah. you don't associate him with this like really health conscious dude that he is. Yeah. And in this movie, it's front and center. I think it comes back to it, too, in Dodgeball, which I feel like this is the, we're trying out the Dodgeball jokes.
0: That, and like, it's, it's, it's White Goodman before White Goodman, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And ironically, like, right right now on on my TV, HBO2 has Dodgeball on, and I'm, I'm looking at it in the background right now. It's such a weird, because <laughs> I mentioned it to Jamie when we watched it tonight, that it, it feels like a, a White Goodman predecessor. And yeah. uh and an hour later it's on TV. It's my TV's listening to me and it's disturbing.
1: So we did Mr. Deeds last week. My uh-huh. next impulse was to watch Happy Gilmore. I think my next movie is gonna be Dodgeball. You should do it. Because of this. One other um one other really good thing. The kid that loads the tree stump with all the treats and all uh-huh. the food. Do you remember those McDonald's commercials with all those kids hanging out at McDo- from like the early nineties?
0: a little bit. I remember a lot of commercials too. It's 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 vague to me.
1: Not the Burger King Don't Be a Herb one, but there was there was a McDonald's commercial that it was just a bunch of kids just hanging out talking at McDonald's and it was they were so cool to me for some reason. But there was just a bunch of kids just hanging out eating french
0: fries. I'm like, that's a life that I want as a little I mean, kid. yeah, it's a life all of us want yeah. to just to hang out eat McDonald's growing up.
1: But the kid, the blonde kid with the spiky hair, who doesn't really have any lines, but he was in. The oh, he's UK in it towards movie. the end.
0: He's not. Yeah, he's not in it a lot. Yeah, but he's part of like tying tying them up at the end and uh, right. really getting in Lars's face. Yes, that kid. He-
1: he barely says a word, but he was like the central figure in those commercials. If anybody listening to this knows what I'm talking about, please reach out to me because I had such a visceral memory of craving McDonald's as like an eight year old fatso. Watch. I was trying,
0: I was trying to place him during the uh, during that scene, and uh, and that makes sense.
1: That's the only thing I could remember him from. I thought for a second I thought it was Kevin McAllister's brother, but it's not. But I, no. I feel like you could see how those two can get confused.
0: Again, they're they're of the same uh their jib is cut the same.
1: One last thing. The guy who plays Tim, the the skinnier camp counselor, is yeah. Paul Feig, co-creator yeah. of Freaks and Geeks, director of Bridesmaids and the ghostbusters reboot oh wow and a lot of melissa mccarthy movies a lot he's just been a he's a he's, big
0: that guy like his face is very familiar yeah. like you've seen him in a lot of things like he's he's a big comedy movie that guy
1: yeah he was he was really the driving force behind freaks and geeks i know apatow gets the credit but he was really the guy that that, that was like the head of that show
0: categories let's do it most cringeworthy i got a couple start us off
1: islanders fan huh team of the future
0: yeah nope (laughs) no and i I had a similar moment yesterday (laughs) i i I went food shopping on staten island to uh a staten island classic place top tomato and i'm there you know oh saturday sorry oh yesterday was saturday never mind anyway i'm there in my rangers t-shirt because the rangers played in the playoffs yesterday afternoon and a guy sees me he's like oh you ready for the noon start and i assumed he was a Rangers fan i'm like oh yeah man let's go he's like well i'm an islanders fan and I just, like, I audibly groaned, like, threw my mask in the parking lot. just went, ah! Uh, <laughs> and just unlocked my car, got in it, and drove away. Like, didn't wish him luck. Didn't say, like, you know, see you later, buddy. Thanks for the well wishes. Just groaned, got in my car, and got the hell out of there. No bueno. Fuck the Islanders.
1: <laughs> fuck the Islanders. I don't, I don't care about hockey, but fuck the Islanders.
0: Yeah, so Team of the Future, not so much. No. Uh, I sort of wish the t-shirt was the, uh, the Long John Fisherman logo for the islanders but it's their, their classic more traditional logo my my first one and it's a scene i like when uh, when goldberg yells out campers download and they all like unpack all their like contraband treats oh and, my God. and stuff the british kid sneaks in the, all the melted stuff and like the, the another kid just takes his hand wipes a bunch of food <laughs> off of his stomach and licks his hand like <laughs> <"Ugh."> gross. <laughs> <laughs> gross. gross gross
1: gross i had that scene too (laughs) wait uh hold on one second oh no i had that on redeeming moment was that cringeworthy
0: the scene in the scene in general i i I, is redeeming like i like how he calls out basically like news team assemble or like regulators now now, he's like campers uh or whatever the the chipmunks download and everyone (laughs) just pulls out all their candy like i definitely (laughs) like this scene in general but the the licking melted chocolate off uh, oh, is another camper's belly. <laughs> Not great. Well, there's um, there's a couple
1: of things like that that don't age well. In the beginning, the Camp Hope video with the lead guy. Now I've forgotten his name. What's it? What's the lead guy's name? The counselor. Yeah. Tom McGowan, the actors.
0: Yep. The actor's name, Pat Finley, is the. Pat Finley, Pat yep.
1: Finley. So when they show him the camp hope video, he's got his arms around all the kids. It's really weird. He's he's kind of hugging them and stuff, and then he throws a kid across the lake, and they freeze frame, and a child's full ass is hanging out. Yes. In it's the a freeze full,
0: frame. Full, full set of butt cheeks.
1: It's not. It's not a crack. It's nothing. It is a full blown no, it's, buttocks it's, of a it's child. A full, it's a full butt. Wow. Yeah. It's a Disney movie. Yeah, not full kid's no.
0: butt. Yep, nope. Other <laughs> things like that that did not age well and is are cringeworthy. I think it's Ben Stiller points at Keenan and goes, yes. I see a famous rap artist." Whoa, Oof. and there's
1: there's a worse one later on where he's uh, shaking Keenan down for a candy bar after he fake he he like goads him into giving him a hug and then he pats him down and he finds a candy bar at Keenan's like tucked into yeah. his ankle. pulls it out and it's a Pez dispenser. And he's like, what does he say? I think he says, um, what is
0: Someone's th- packing or something like somebody's
1: that? Somebody's packing or my my, my boy's yes. packing or something like that. And he, he unloads the pens, He unloads it like bullets. And the, they make bullet sound effects yes. as they hit the floor. Yes. Oh, my God.
0: Not treating Keenan fairly uh, no. in, in those two scenes at all.
1: Oh, my God. One thing, too. What's it like for these kid actors to spend a summer doing a film where every day you're hearing jokes about how fat you are? Like what, I was already self-conscious and sensitive and I had low self-esteem at that age because of my weight. If I were on a movie set and every day I had Ben Stiller screaming fatty and all that stuff in my face, I think it might fuck me up in the long term as you kind of see with at least one of these actors. I guess it depends
0: on what your price is, kind of like anything else in life. Like if you're 11 and you're getting paid to go on an actual like summer vacation with some other actors you've been in a movie with and are are potentially your buddies and really just like hang out at a lake and a camp and instead of like your parents paying to send you away, like you're getting a paycheck for this shit and you're in a movie and you get to tell all your friends at home, like, cool, check out this movie I'm in next February. I don't know, man. I it's a trade-off it's it's depends it on what, what what your price for shame i guess is
1: well my price for shame mm. <laughs> um, uh, next question <laughs> a, a couple yeah
0: a couple <laughs> of other things I, I i like the dance scene in general like it becomes a redeeming scene but two two lines in that really made me cringe a little bit uh i think as paul paul feig said it's called boogie fever catch it
1: Oh, is such yeah. like a
0: a goofy nerdy line, and then whichever camper is there in a lame Miz t shirt and beret.
1: I wrote that as a redeemable moment because oh, I love that. I love that like kid. A-
0: i love that kid it's such like a 90s thing like i'm like the opposite of that i'd be the kid in like the charlotte hornets t-shirt and hat but like <laughs> equally nerdy and like not cool just like a different end of like the nerd spectrum like you're either the theater kid or the sports kid or i was a nerd no, no matter what i liked at that point in my life but um yeah i laughed and cringed at seeing that kid dance like his big night out he's like mom Tied my Lee Miss shirt and my matching beret. I'm going for it. Maybe there will be a theater girl at this dance.
1: See, that's the kid that I would have secretly admired for having the balls to wear something like it's that. It's definitely a balls move, and especially now as somebody who is a kind of I'm, I'm a drama teacher. You know, I'm 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 an on camera coach. I love bold shit like that so much more than ever now. I love when when people take risks like that. Oh, yeah. And I I was, you know, even even like wearing a Charlotte Hornets jersey, yeah, that's another risk in and of itself. I was just the kid who wore like a fucking Jordache shirt with like cargo shorts. You know, like I, I, I didn't want to take any chances. I didn't want to dress too nice because I didn't want people to think I was trying too hard. And I didn't want to do anything against the norm. I was just that kid. So... Kudos I mean, to the yeah, kid in fit, the lame fit, issue. Shitting
0: is a big thing too. So, but yeah, this kid was going for it.
1: Going for it. I fucking going love for it. it. They're um the deviated septum. I make it the, the German guy who's hilarious the first half of the movie and kind of Lars. disappears. Not the was... German
0: guy, Lars. Sorry. Show him some respect.
1: I apologize. I, I haven't I didn't watch it 45 times in one summer. <laughs> um <laughs> because I'm still catching up. I haven't seen this since 1996, Chris. Um <laughs> The, the, when he talks about his deviated septum and the disturbing sound it was a letdown to hear the sound it was just loud snoring
0: and, I mean I snore a million times worse than that so yeah
1: I wrote in my notes Mangan snores worse than that way worse way worse it, it was disappointing to me that he kind of vanished halfway through the movie because he was my favorite character for the first 25 minutes I,
0: I agree he's underutilized in the, in the back half of the film he comes out hot and and is underutilized <laughs> yeah. later on in, in the movie.
1: He's a character that comes out. He's like a pitcher who has like a 1.54 ERA in the first half of the season, gets rocked in his first start after the all- star break and then gets hurt in the half of the season. Like that's what that felt like the The standing across the dance floor, the the boys and the girls separated is such a movie trope, but it still really hurts to see it.
0: It does and it, it, it plays and it plays in here. I think we can get maybe a little more into that scene in, in redeeming moments because it becomes kind of a kind of a touching scene. I, I have two more for for cringeworthy. Just the punch that Jeffrey Tambor throws to Ben Stiller at the end is such a weak punch. Like you expect the dad to like really sock him one, and like <laughs> he sort of like uppercuts him weirdly in the stomach, and that's it. Like that's that's. I mean, he sticks up for his kid, so that's all well and good, but not a great punch pop. It's not a
1: great punch, and it's not earned. You know, like I, I feel that the guy who's gonna hit him should have been one of the people we've been following the, this whole film.
0: Yeah, just that that, that part of the the storyline. Yeah, not the payoff wasn't there.
1: No. I mean, I, I feel like the film does. I did like the apart. kid punch
0: him in the nuts, though.
1: I, I wrote that. That was one of my redeemable moments. He punches yeah. him in the dick. He doesn't punch him in the. He punches him right in the dick. Uh,
0: and that's a that's a square, like the opposite of the tambour punch, where it's like a weak sort of like you don't really know how to throw a punch. Punch. This kid's a yeah. straight jab right to like the head of the penis.
1: Yeah, it, it's like he he hits him like Ray Knight hits. Yeah. Uh...
0: <laughs> it's that that part is is very very rewarding. <laughs>
1: So I have a, a one cringe that I have. Once they decide to get into shape, the girl, is tomato a fruit or a vegetable? Now let's make some pasta primavera
0: yep, yep. as our let's diet food. Let's carve up kids. <laughs> Patties. <Uh-oh. laughs> that, and and the last one kind of to circle back around to the uh, the problematic stuff with Keenan, the Apache games.
1: Oh my God.
0: Super problematic. Really problematic. Uh, in full headdresses and... Native American attire going against the Greeks, uh, which I get. I get the supposed like Olympic tie-in to like the Greeks and like competition in that in that end. But there's real no historical uh, match-off ma- matchup between the Greeks and the Native Americans uh, yeah. anywhere in recorded in recorded history but yeah just the 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 full-on stereotypical just dressing up and like tiger lily is a real problem these days
1: it's really bad and when i said that i was with the movie 85 percent of the time so they already killed the monster yep stiller's gone the movie should be over they didn't earn a rivalry thing with the skinny camp they never established the quads and then that that last sequence goes on forever it makes a 97 minute runtime feel like two hours and they could have just ended on pat taking over the camp and building up the kid's self-esteem and ending on the message of like love yourself like that's the that's the Mm -hmm. that's the movie And, and also and also Ben Stiller smashing glass on the floor and doing a diehard fucking walk across yeah. the glass barefoot in a
0: Disney movie. <laughs> that and like stepping through it and then like doing back handsprings springs back through it, like. And then he really fucks it up. Over the top.
1: I have one more butthole clenching thing, at the end of the, at the end of the Olympics, the offensive Apache Olympics. Pat grabbing the the counselor and saying crazy about my gal and planting yeah. one on her. I just wrote yeah. dot, dot, dot.
0: Nope. Yeah, that, that doesn't play either. It's just, that's forced, kind of like the, the the tambour punch. It's it's not not necessary. To, yeah, it's a cute little payoff for the guy to kiss the girl, but eh,
1: don't need yeah. it. Don't need it at all. You got any more cringeworthies?
0: That is it. That's my list.
1: All right. Most redeeming moments.
0: There's a lot of good quotes in this, or at least to me, like <laughs> quotes that always, always make me laugh and that they're, I guess because I throw them around with with the guys from this house. When Pat first pulls up in the bus, excuse me, I'm looking for several portly adolescents. I know we see him in the video before that, but like as his first real line in the movie, <laughs> tremendous, <stuff. laughs> tremendous.
1: Well, it started earlier for me, like the opening credit sequence for seeing him walk home and him walking over to the lemonade stand and just grabbing the fucking thing. <laughs> and she- chugging it and these two little girls just helplessly looking on that was my first (laughs) um the line yeah i break up my girlfriend before every summer you got
0: to keep yourself free (laughs) keep yourself free (laughs) keep your options open or something like that it's great a random thing that i that i i noticed and it's such blatant product placement the carolina panthers jersey and later on the t-shirt during the telephone scene the panthers started in 1995 it's a very obvious payoff to like get the kids talking about the carolina panthers i'm just surprised there wasn't a jacksonville jaguar shirt in the fucking movie too oh i i didn't catch it i saw the panthers uh, shirt but i didn't i didn't associate Panthers number 95 because it was like they probably were just announced and we're like we got to get a jersey into a disney movie so all the kids talk about the panthers
1: the goldberg to keenan the new nurse is very attractive. This pleases me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he comes off... Goldberg in that first scene comes off as like the Don. Yeah. He's very much like the come, like, kiss my ring, show me the things you've brought to, to camp. Like, he's he's the guy who's got the place wired.
1: So Goldberg was probably amongst the kids the biggest star because I don't think Keenan had was on... He might have been on all that, but Keenan and Kel and all that stuff—I feel like either happened right around then, or yeah. Happened.
0: In my mind, Keenan Star like really like brightened after after this. He's, I don't think he's full on like Keenan yet at this point.
1: No, because he was in Mighty Ducks too. But Goldberg knuckle was
0: puck.
1: yeah. Oh, was he the knuckle puck kid? No, I think he is. No, because the kid from the Sandlot was the fast one who couldn't stop. Couldn't stop. Then uh, the other guy. There was the one who could fight.
0: The Bash Brothers.
1: The Bash Brothers.
0: I'm and then, pretty sure he's. And the then
1: there was kid. there was Julie, the goalie, and then Danny Tamborelli Yeah, he's TV. the knuckleball kid. All right, okay, we'll all right, cool. Wow, we just rattled those off. I still we got to do the Mighty Ducks soon.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is only the second thing he was ever in. He was in D two, then this, then D three. Keenan and Kel started in '96, so this is '95. He he gets. Yeah. Keenan and Kel right after this. He's been in all that from 94. So like he's, he's a cast member on all that, but hasn't really like planted his flag. No. Uh, until 96.
1: So Goldberg is the marquee of the kids. Of in the, the kids. Camp. I agree. And I read some IMDB trivia. And one of them said that he didn't want to be in this movie, but he was told that he couldn't be in mighty ducks three. If he didn't appear in this movie.
0: Wow. Which kind a of real strong arming,
1: a real strong arming. And also like, you wonder why, certain kids don't... Child stars don't pan out. Yeah. And have rough lives. It's because of shit
0: like that. Because they get bullied into a movie about bullying.
1: Right. They get bullied into, like... uh, Why wouldn't I want to enjoy my summer and not be in a movie where everybody calls me fat for two months? (laughs) Fuck me. The candy smuggling scene.
0: Yeah. the Chipmunks download.
1: Hilarious. The... Jerry Stiller saying (laughs) that we're going to close the, we're not owning the camp anymore, walks away and then runs back to the microphone and says, never let anyone sign your (laughs) checks.
0: A A very good Jerry Stiller moment there. Oh my God. It's funny to me that he plays that role in this instead of later on when Ben Stiller has a father character in the movie played by himself
1: that was hilarious that was very much a 90s thing though you had comedians like mike myers and Soy Matter and Axe Murder and all the oh, awesome powers movies and, and uh you know eddie murphy mm-hmm. professor like that yeah, was very much, roles, very much a 90s very family
0: members as multiple roles yeah um for sure uh, other quotes in, in, included in that chipmunks download scene come over here get these salamis off my back <laughs> made me laugh which uh, ties into the line later on, of Stellar. Oh, look, deli meat. That, that's written down to, look, <laughs> <like>, deli meat. <laughs> well, when I said before how hot Lars comes out into the movie, the weigh-in scene for him is one of the greatest scenes of the movie when he's first weighing all the kids and and, and like getting them like lined up in camp. Hmm, very fat, I see. <laughs> and, and congratulations, Mr. Sims. You are the fattest boy in camp. <laughs>
1: Well, that was, for me, it was him, the buddy system scene.
0: Oh, buddy! Buddy?
1: (laughs) That's just great editing. That's just great energy. This this movie comes out hot.
0: It does. Uh, Just just to put a, a quick ball on this, if Mike Sabs ever listens to this, congratulations, you are still the fattest boy in camp.
1: Yeah, you are. Mike Sabatini and I probably had the same body until we were in eighth grade, and if you saw me next to him now, you would not...
0: Yeah, then then he grew afoot and played Division Two college football.
1: Yeah, no, I don't look like
0: I don't look like him anymore. Or anyway. Division One, AA, whatever coward <laughs> division it was. Anyhow, nobody's seen more butts than you, Uncle Tony, in the that, in the see more butts in, uh, part of the interrogation. That, that was gets, <laughs> gets Goldberg thrown out of camp.
1: That was a fringed, cringeworthy only because I feel like that that was kind of a ripoff of Bart Simpson calling Moe's.
0: It was. But, but it, it still made me laugh. That that if it was just the Seymour butt stroke, fu- yeah, but when he hits him with that punchline, no one's more butts than you. Oh
1: my god. Oh god.
0: Uh and then my 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 last great great quote here is uh the one I teased us with. Lunch has been cancelled today due to lack of hustle.
1: Brilliant. It's such a fun. brilliant. Every everything he does at the um at the announcer place, whatever it is. Yeah. Is so at the, funny. like the
0: intercom, yeah. Yeah, he I was did.
1: watching this with Hannah, and right away, like the second Keenan had like, his first scene, she just looked at me, she was like, God damn it, Keenan was a fucking star, even then. It was, and another perfect example outside of the opening scenes and all that stuff when he does the little hip check with the baseball bat to the catcher during the softball scene. The, I didn't do that, I don't know what just happened, do 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 look that he has, (laughs) is something that I think even polished adult comedians wouldn't be able to pull off.
0: Yeah, no, he's something else. He's so good.
1: He's so good, even then.
0: And at that time, he's... Holy shit. He was 17 then. Wow. (laughs) He was born... Keenan's born in 78. He's 42 now? He's 42 now. I would have guessed that he was, like, maybe, like, 13 or 14, like, a little older than... You know, the, the kid he's yeah. playing, but he was almost fucking 20 when he did Good Burger.
1: I eat success for breakfast
0: with skim milk. Skim milk. <laughs> of course you do.
1: We mentioned it before, Peter Berg, the chef smoking grits. Yeah. Yeah, that whole telephone scene is great.
0: A very good the, scene.
1: The platoon music letter montage to his grandmother <laughs> is, is really funny. The kids chasing the cow around the field.
0: (laughs) Oh, those poor hungry kids.
1: Get back here. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, okay. I went to a wedding a couple years ago with Hannah's family out in the Midwest. And I said, oh, that guy stinks. Or this stinks. I I said stinks in a derogatory way. And they thought it was the funniest thing ever. And they had never heard people say that before. And I'm wondering... And I've been watching Seinfeld, and in, like, 1990, they say that a lot on the show. Is it a New York thing, or is it a coastal thing?
0: It's hard for me to say yes or no, just because I'm I'm also from here. As far as it being really funny to them, there are some moments where a G-rated insult is just so hilarious to, so like, sure, we could use profanity and, like, really, like, rip someone apart, but, like, just to say something so plain is like, oh, that guy stinks. <laughs> <laughs> it, it hits it get the point across and it's just unexpected because i guess in our day and age and like i guess where we grew up to that we're just used to like being like oh that guy's a fucking jerk off whatever <laughs> but to, to to like almost undersell it with a, a g-rated insult is really good like it's like oh he's a moron
1: yeah it, yeah it cuts. It cuts or or like a schmuck they call yeah. someone a schmuck or a putz. I, I I definitely and um even just calling someone stupid. Like, what do you think? Stupid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the classic insults just just work.
1: Did you realize when you were a kid that the campfire montage was the kids laying around hungover?
0: No, but yeah, they're on a candy slash food hangover. I
1: mean, I I figured that they were sick or that they had too much candy, but I didn't realize that it was a uh, you know. They're
0: t- they're they're tired.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Did you stay after the credits?
0: They sang the song during the credits. Uh, there's stuff after it. Yeah, there's a little Shit. scene after the credits. It's just Ben. Is it Stiller. Ben Stiller super fat eating a bunch of stuff?
1: No, no, wrong movie. Oh. they're, they're uh, It's just him selling jewelry. It's not that funny. It's oh. him selling jewelry door to door and getting the the door slammed in his face. What
0: a shame for Tony, Uncle Tony.
1: You got any more more of the redeems?
0: That's it. That's
1: it. <laughs> Sorry, I got one more. Go on. They kid. When they're trying to escape. <laughs> and he farts. <laughs> and then stiller hears it from the other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, he, he hears it from like the trail and then also just like gets in that like gets in the cabin and just smells it right away. He's just like <laughs> Yeah. That's special. Oh God! A special kind of fart.
1: It reminds me of that time uh, when I was dating that girl, and I, she hadn't heard me fart yet, and I farted outside the room. And you said to me, "You said you do know sound travels, right?" Oh <laughs> uh, God. <yeah>. Anyway.
0: <laughs> All right. That's it for the moments. Yeah. Could this movie exist today in twenty twenty?
1: I'm on the fence.
0: It's tough. It's a, it's it's a very close call. The only chance it has is that like the kids win, like the bullied class of, of people are triumphant. So mm-hmm. it's still a victory story in that sense, but it's close. It's a lot of bullying. It's a lot of fat shaming. Yep. It's the racist lines to Keenan, the native American stereotype, like stuff would have to get changed. Like this movie as it exists, existed in 95 could not. Today it would take some, some cleansing.
1: It's a completely different film now. And I think what got lost, because the the ending got so muddled, what got lost is the the moral of the story should be love yourself no matter what. Like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, or, or hey, kid, you're going to grow out of this.
0: Or don't <laughs> let anyone write you checks.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that caught, that caught me off guard. It's funny. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, but... I, I... but this movie should be, they should end the film with like, okay, Ben Stiller's gone. Let's just have fun and we'll be kind to ourselves. And that's it. Then they had to go and beat the skinny kids. It was kind of bullshit.
0: It is. And the one review I actually saw was, was the New York Times review. And it said that it's basically two different movies. It's like like a 75-25 split of like, beat the bad guy and then beat this random other group of kids. Sure. Whatever, guys. It's it's almost like on the Sandlot where they just have like the, the one off scene against like the real fancy kids. Like the, the bad guy is the beast. It's but they gotta, you know, be the middle boss in the in here too, I guess.
1: Well, also the dance when they all get the courage to start dancing with the girls, that to me felt like a third act scene. Yeah. And then it and then they kinda lost their mojo. I feel like these kids kinda had confidence the whole
0: time. I think that the show would be brought, had to be brought out of them.
1: Yeah, I. You know how I think this movie would work. I think it would work in this, in like the the Good Boys sense, where it is a like full dude, on R-rated. I, s- I
0: swear to God, that was the next question I was going to ask you. I said to Jamie during the, during watching it, I would like to see this as a Good boy style movie, where like they're swearing and it's like uh, it's kids being bad. Yeah, uh, dude, right, right out of my brain. You took that question. <laughs> good. All I, right, so I, so. So let's, let's
1: think of like what a scene would look like. I don't even, I don't even know. Let's, let's pitch. I a mean, it's, scene it's, from it's the R- R-
0: profane. <laughs> Like instead of the Seymour Butts thing, like they're just really like cursing out Ben yeah. Stiller, but it's, it might be hard to pull off in that respect because like they show all the videos of how bad he was to them. And like, they're just yeah. being good kids. To the yeah. parents at the end. That montage at least is hard to pull off if they're like, No, fuck you, Uncle Tony. Eat my dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you
1: would just replace that whole scene where the kids the kid from the McDonald's commercials is sneaking food into the tree stump with booze and drugs. Yeah. And that that, that whole scene or that campfire scene is just them getting shit housed. <laughs> oh god, that dance is a completely different, a, a completely different thing. Yeah, they're I think just yeah, they're they're they're, they're doing shout. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think it could it, it could it could be done with some obvious changes. Yes. I don't think this movie, as is, premieres in 2020
0: and is not a problem. Yeah, it would make less than 17 million dollars.
1: Yeah, I think it would be canceled pretty quickly. Yeah. No Razzie nominations.
0: None. The Razzie that you're dominated by showgirls.
1: Oh, yeah. That makes sense.
0: MVP? Do we have to do this? You said it before. We have to do it just, just to give other nominees their fair shake. The MVP, the voting will lead to Ben Stiller. Uncle Tony Perkis. That's, that's a well-deserved and well-earned award for Ben yeah. Stiller in this movie. If Lars is in the whole movie, he really contends. He definitely, mm-hmm. at least, deserves a look for it. Especially, like I said, for just like the weigh-in scene alone and how strong he comes out. If Keenan's the lead, he gets more looks here because I, I, we we both love him here. It's, it's been a lot of Keenan love fest on this on this pod so far, but uh, mafongo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's Tony Perkis all, all the way, but there are, you know, there are some guys that need some love.
1: I think so, too. I think if it's like an MVP 1-2-3 vote, I think I would go Stiller is my one. I think Lars is my two, and I think yes. I think it's a toss-up between Keenan. And Goldberg has a good run, too.
0: He does. He does. He should not be ignored here. He
1: absolutely shouldn't.
0: He does a very good job with his role.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, he comes so-
0: in and fakes his... Uh, his lobotomy, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> LVP. I think the nurse. Oh, really? I think Nurse Julie kind of stinks.
1: Well, she's not written well, as it's been a theme.
0: Yeah, she's of... not written well. I don't know, like like we said, the the whole pasta salad as the health conscious <laughs> person at the fat camp that's got some trouble. Uh, I struggled with LVP. There's no one in this in this movie that I really thought did really poorly. So it's it was a tough one for me.
1: I have one and one only. Go on, Aaron Schwartz, who plays the lead. I think he holds the movie back. I don't give a shit about this kid. I looked at him on IMDb. He he doesn't look like he does there now. He's oh, kind of like dude. an action
0: looking guy. Why? I showed uh, I showed it to Jamie too, and I'm like, this is what the fat kid looks like now, and like she almost fell off the couch. She was like, yeah. what? But oh. this he he has
1: no presence he doesn't really have any charisma that's why like when you watch him with keenan thompson you wish like oh fuck like their their blown opportunity was was keenan they had the kid right there and that's why i think this movie kind of yearns for just one kid that we're kind of rooting for we're rooting for yeah. all these kids but i'm i did not root for this kid
0: at no, all the, the leader of the kids should be should be stronger or the the you know the, the lead of the kids should be stronger. I th- I think he's in that role because they want to draw the parallels between him and Pat Finley. Like he could grow up to be, or Pat Finley was him when he was little, and mm-hmm. they have them kind of relate to each other. Like that's the that's the the yarn they're trying to weave there. But uh, yeah, I'd prefer like I said, if if you switch out one of the two stronger child actors for him. So uh, that's a fair choice as uh as LVP.
1: I also had everything that happens after Stiller leaves, mm-hmm. is my
0: LVP. Yeah. Uh, the last 15 minutes
1: they're they're pretty bad
0: devil's advocate we don't really have a lot of critics to defend here there's there's not a lot of not a lot written about this <laughs> this motion picture so <laughs> i don't know what there is to defend but uh if they said the last 15 minutes thanks they were right yeah
1: <laughs> and that's that's what i wrote there and there's like no emotional core at all it's just kind of a streamline of fat jokes which it doesn't a have lot a of heart sp- to it no no i think that's what's kind of missing here and there isn't like a again there isn't a sufficient climax or moral i mean the the, the ending is really fucking bad i don't know how that got through the cracks it was like you know the, the rule one of screenwriting is like once the monster's dead put a button on it put a bow on it Cracks. Right. you know i don't know how that whole ending got through
0: it's maybe that it should like should be like a flash forward to like next year at the camp like when they're back and like just having more fun and like yeah there's 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 a better way to do it personal tomato rating kind of with the logic i've been using i try and use the audience score as my litmus test i obviously kind of we're throwing out the uh the tomato score here as as we're picking these movies so obviously we, we like them more than the critics did in general i still think i like it more than the average person mm. so if they're at 77 i'm at 82. Oh, really? Yeah, I like, it. I like it more than most people.
1: Mine was 74 until the ending, and then I bumped it down. It was 68. 68 is my final answer. All right. It's it's a 6.7 on IMDb, and I think that's where my, my score lies. So it's a 68. I like your 74
0: review. better, but, you know, whatever. What
1: are you going to do? Although Amazon, on the Amazon screen, it's a yeah. 4.5 out of 5 with 1,385 reviews. Wow. So they're doing 90, something, right? It's 90%. I enjoyed myself. I, I thought, obviously, the problematic stuff held it back a little bit. I think I'm a little tougher on things than I should be for the purpose of this
0: podcast. Well, the, pro- the problematic stuff, especially just given, like, the climate we're in now, we definitely have to call that stuff out. Yeah. Um. And the stuff in this is just flat out bad. Like, even oh, if we weren't hard. living in this time, like, it's just bad. The couple of Keenan scenes are... are They're are horrible. Just, I feel for him there as... Yeah, seventeen-year-old playing an eleven-year-old being racially profiled. Um, I wonder if he's
1: spoken about that before. I wonder if he's he's addressed that. I don't
0: know. I'm curious about that as well.
1: Yeah, because that that was shocking.
0: Mm-hmm. A future rap star.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, sixty-eight. Final answer. I right. had fun. It was a good way to spend an hour and a half. My girlfriend and I. We had a lot of good laughs. But ultimately, I, I see I see some devil's advocate stuff. Alright Chris, you got any more uh got any final thoughts?
0: I do not you have any uh any other questions for me here?
1: Oh uh, I don't know. I We didn't both think... kinda of
0: had the same our, our, our random question was kind of the R-rated comedy one, I guess. Next week, we go to Never Never Land.
1: Oh you just you just went right ahead. You just went for it, huh? There yes. you
0: are, Peter. <laughs> That's it.
1: Oh god. I don't I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm, I'm scared not. to I'm watch it.
0: T- i've watched most of it recently oh did you i'm not scared all right well don't scared um, to make cry on the podcast next week that's about it
1: well don't say anything i haven't seen it since probably since i was a kid so yeah there's a movie about a guy named peter and some place called
0: watching it just make it hooked
1: (laughs) god stop it stop All right, this is the 40 Under 40 podcast. I'm Chris Russell. This is Chris Mangan. I'm Chris Mangan. Oh, he's Chris Mangan. What did I say?
0: You said this is Chris Mangan.
1: But I I was pointing physically to you on my screen.
0: Yeah, well, I can see that. It counts. Last but not least, lots of shout out, lots of love to Diamond Lunar Biki. Yes. For the new logo, the new branding. It fucking kicks ass. We're very proud of it. It's cool to see our faces in cartoon. I'm a little vain motherfucker and I. I love that part of it. I think she blew it away. Go to uh, our social media to find Dobby's handle and message her. If you need any uh, any creative work done, she's all world.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, the logo is money. Blessing in disguise. We we lost a week of momentum because, uh, you know, somebody came knocking on our door and was like, you can't have that here. So we had to take it down. We had to take it but down and, uh, for, for a bit. Blessing in disguise.
0: It worked out in the end.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, if you want to advertise your business, please hit us up. We have an email address now. It is 40under40pod at gmail.com, or you can slide into our DMs on fucking Instagram or Twitter. At Fart f- on in there. Fart on in there, 40under40pod. 40 40 I'm Chris Russell.
0: That I'm Chris Mangan.
1: He's Chris Mangan. This is a 40under40podcast. 40 40 we'll see you next week with a movie about kids who A boy who doesn't want to grow up. Yeah, I think we I think we gave it away, Chris.
0: I think they got it. All right, we'll see you next week. See you.